Joey Graham is joining us right here. And Joey, how are you, man? Good to talk I'm to you. Doing wonderful. Good to hear your voice again, Tom. You know, we uh, we haven't really stayed in contact very much since you left school here, but we followed you in the newspaper. I mean, you had a nice career in the NBA, and you were telling me the other day you are uh, rehabbing that niche with still some hopes of getting back into the league, huh? Absolutely. You know, I had a little setback and just old age catching up with me, I guess. But uh, I'm still looking forward to uh, getting back out there and uh, showing my face in the NBA again. You had those old age problems when you were here now. Let's tell the truth, right? <laughs> I think that just comes from going hard and playing hard the whole time. So. <laughs> you were a guy who was 21 and looked like you, you, you played like you were 31. You, but you played like you were around. No, that, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. I'm saying it in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. You know, uh, just catch us up a little bit now. You were. I think most of our fans remember in the 2005 NBA draft, drafted the number 17 pick overall by Toronto. Uh, kind of take us generally through your NBA career. You spent most of your time uh, in the Toronto team, and, and uh, you had some good and some bad go your way up there in Toronto. Well, it was 16 pick, TD, just to correct you. But... <laughs> Uh-oh, 16. We'll have to get on nowhere. He has number 17. No worries. But, uh, yeah, it was a good career for me. I spent the most of my time, like you said, in Toronto four years and then went to Denver from there and then uh, Cleveland after that for a couple of years. So it's been, a, it's been a good run for me. How was that uh, time in the NBA? And we've had a number of guys go to the NBA, and we're going to get into, uh, obviously, the reason we call you because you're going to be part of the 2004 reunion here on Saturday when Oklahoma comes a-calling for Bedlam at 1 o'clock at Gallagher-Iba Arena. But, uh, you know, you, you probably crossed paths with some former Cowboys along the way, didn't you? I have. You know, I still keep in contact every once in a while with, with Tony Allen. And, uh, John, I see those guys every once in a while. But it would be good to reconnect with the guys this weekend coming up. Um, I haven't really spoken to a lot of the other guys. You just kind of, you know, lose contact and lose where guys are over time. But I look forward to hopefully everybody will be back this weekend. I can reconnect with all of them. You had the distinction of playing on, uh, in my mind, the most successful senior class we ever had here. Uh, because that senior class, even though you played two years uh, and you had to sit out after coming over, you and your brother Stevie, that, that was one of the toughest, uh, if you want to call scout teams, we ever had back in those days. Uh-oh. Holy cow. Uh-oh. Our varsity yeah, had a hard time every day. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could, you could hoop it on that side of the floor, that's for sure. No, but uh, you guys went to the Sweet 16 twice. You won 57 games. Uh, one of the best teams that we got to the 2004 went down there. And uh, I'll let you relive that one. That, that's still a painful loss right there. I mean, they're all painful when you get that far. But uh, to lose down there in San Antonio the way we did, holy cow, to Georgia what? Tech. It's, it's one of those things that you'll never forget because you had control. It was right there on our fingertips. And, you know, just one bucket, one minute, one second away from reaching that final game. And uh, it always leaves a bad taste in your mouth every time you think about it. But, you know, we did have a good uh, run there. I think our season, we were, what, 31-4 that year? That's correct. We had a a good season. We had a good group of guys. And uh, the friendships and the camaraderie that we had at that time, you'll never forget that. You know, the games come and go, but the friendships that we developed and uh, had then is what, you know, reminds me of all the good times that I had at Oklahoma State. And that's one of the things, that's one of the many reasons we try to get these uh, these teams back. Uh, this is the 75th anniversary for Gallagher-Iba and basketball and wrestling and all those things. So we have teams come back and have reunions and and I think that's one of the great things when players that don't see one another, because let's face it, you're out in a, your own business world, right? You're out and about doing your own thing. You don't have time to have a lot of reunions. 
you, you you can't make a bunch of them. You know, they got obligations in a lot of places. But anytime you can get a free moment to come back and revisit your alma mater, you should do it. And uh, I can re- recommend everybody, you know, going back and seeing and revisiting their old stomping ground. So I'm looking forward to coming back this week. And I think I've only been back once to Stillwater, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing all the development and everything that's going on back there in Stillwater. Yeah, you will. Uh, you probably you're, you'll turn your head once or twice. I promise you. You'll say, "Man, <laughs> this wasn't here when I was here, and this year looks better than when I was here." But yeah, yeah. That, then you know you're getting old, Joey, when you do stuff like is that. that, what now, that is? I think so. Take it from somebody who's old. <laughs> believe me. Yeah. Hey, let me. Uh, I always, I almost felt uh, this is a funny story because you. I think most of our fans realize that you established a new Big Twelve record for uh, most free throws in a row. You had 39, and every mm-hmm. time you went to the line. I never mentioned. I mean, it's it's just like uh, when we get into the 30s, you know, uh, we'd sit there and I, I would never. I talk about something else. I talk about maybe a, a shot you made right before you went to the line because I never wanted to jinx you. But you were about as automatic as we ever had because I think you went on another run after that of about 20 or 25. Yeah, as memory serves me right. Yep, I, I I remember exactly where I was at when I missed. We were at Colorado in Colorado. That's correct. Yes. I missed it. Yeah. So uh, it was, you know. We used to practice every day. Coach Sutton used to make us go in there and shoot 100 free throws before we left practice every day. And when you shoot that many shots every day, it just becomes like riding a bike. That's what we used to say, like riding a bike. So, it, you know, anytime anybody goes to the free throw, there's no reason that you should miss a free throw. And that's exactly what it's called, you know, free throw. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was it was it felt automatic for me then. And it still does now. So. He used to call them free pitches. Remember, Don't, you can, there's no reason <laughs> yeah. to miss the free yeah. pitch. You and Stevie came in together, and uh, why, don't you, why don't you keep us up, uh, bring us update on what Stevie's been doing? Because I kind of lost track there. Stevie had a little bit of a run in the NBA as well. Yeah, Stevie's bounced around. He started off, um, I think it was the CBA back, and uh, they didn't have the D League back when we uh, trying to tell my age now then. But uh, he bounced around a few teams and stuck with uh, Indiana for a couple of years, and then went to Charlotte, and then he went to New Jersey. So he's had a good run. He's in uh, Venezuela right now. Hmm. Um, down there in the in the South Americas, playing a little basketball, and he's uh, he, he probably won't be able to make it back this weekend. But uh, I know he sends his best with me uh, you know, when I come out. Obviously, you guys were short timers in terms of uh, being like a high schooler coming in for four years. You only spent half the time here, and, and we had a lot of guys like yourself who transferred in and uh, were playing under Eddie Sutton. But you know, we had pretty good we had good luck with people who came in like that, and you two being two of the fine um, examples that we could we could bring up. But what was it like when you first got here? I mean, you, you knew of Eddie Sutton, you knew of Oklahoma State, but you were coming to a different level of basketball. Of course. You know, I, we came from an uh, institution of the uh, University of Central Florida mm-hmm. where we could barely get, I don't know, maybe four or 5,000 into the arena. And then going from that into, you know, a packed house of 14,500 to 15,000, you know, fans screaming and at the games, and the, you know, the floor is bouncing up and down. So of course it was uh, it was a shock for me. But of course we knew who Eddie Sutton was. We didn't really know what type of level or how high of a level that we could play at when we left Central Florida. We just decided that we needed a challenge, and uh, we figured that at the time Oklahoma State had the highest uh, caliber and the greatest coach at the time in the Big Twelve, and why not take our talents there? And, uh, Eddie Sutton allowed us to blossom 
And uh, we, we went there by proxy of a guy named Ted Owen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the one that actually discovered us back in the day and was a great friend with Eddie Sutton. And uh, he showed us the way, and uh, the rest is history after that. Former Kansas coach who had a lot of success up there, to say the least, and is still over in the Tulsa area, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's still living out there. I've seen him a couple of times since you've left. You know, you, I was looking at that lineup, and it does. It did bring in I'll bring back a lot of memories because we talked about that quote-unquote transfer team, the scout team, the team that was not eligible when you first in. Yourself and Stevie, Bobick. Yeah, you had some guys on that squad who could really play. And you talk about competition on a daily basis. Those varsity members got it, uh, then some. Oh, yeah. When we came in, we had a, our special name were the Renegades. We had a few <laughs> guys on there. And we, we just didn't play any mess. We, uh, when we first came in, it was five or six of us, I think, that were on the Renegade squad. And we uh, figured that we were just going to strap up since we couldn't play in the games since we were redshirting that we were just going to those practices were our games. So we figured if we did the best that we could, it was going to allow the varsity guys, the starters, to do the best that they get. And they actually did a great job. They went, I think, to the 316 that year, too. That's correct, year, yes. Or the Elite Eight, one of the two. But, um, you know, we came up strapped it every day and blood, sweat, and tears after that. You know, you look at that uh, that box score, and it's painful to go back to look at the final score and the way boy, I could still see uh, I could still see that last uh, Bynum's bucket go in at the buzzer. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that, that was as painful as any loss oh, yeah. that we had because, I don't know, we certainly weren't looking ahead, but uh, it seemed like we had the game locked up, in quotes, <laughs> quote, unquote, mm-hmm. uh, but Bynum ruined it for everybody, at least not for Georgia Tech, but he ruined it for us. <laughs> but did, you, know but you look at that lineup of guys, I mean, you know, I would tell you, McFarland's here in town, we've had him on several times, but yourself and Bobbick, and we've seen Daniel from time to time, he, he and his wife were over in Tulsa for a while, Tony Allen, your brother, uh, a couple of guys who really didn't get a lot of uh, notoriety, but had a lot to do with that. Jason Miller, Janava Weatherspoon. Those are names out of the past. All those names are a bunch of good guys. Like I said before, we we had a, a, a great team, and the chemistry that we had on that team was what was able and allowed us to propel us to that Final Four uh, appearance that we had. But like you said, it was. It still leaves a bad taste in my mouth every time somebody asks me about, you know, how far <laughs> did you make it in the tournament. Everybody said, well, we had our bets on you and OSU. We thought you guys were going to win it. And I just, I just shrugged my shoulders, and I'm like, you know, what can you do? You know, and Terrence Crawford was on that team as well. I, I, I yeah. omitted his name. You know, you were always, and you heard coaches around the league, and, and, and you were a bad matchup for those trying to defend you because you had the – you had the ability to play like a small guard. You could handle it. You could shoot it. You could drive it. But you weren't a small guy. You could post people. You were a difficult matchup for, for forwards and guards alike. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of teams like my versatility, as is what they call it. But uh, like you said, I, was, I grew up, I was a late bloomer. And it allowed me to you know, work on my ball handling and a lot of the skills that I needed to develop as a guard at a young age, and then when I hit my growth spurt, it just kind of fit that I played at a bigger position. So I just transferred over the skills that I learned when I was smaller to the skills that I had to develop as a big man. This just went kind of hand-in-hand. It allowed me to do a lot of great things. 
uh, be very versatile out there on the floor. You can give us great insight into what the NBA is like, uh, and hopefully you'll get back and, and give it another go again once your knee is, is taken care of. Uh, we're keeping up with, obviously, the Marcus Smart situation. Marcus turned down an opportunity to go to the NBA last year and has yep. said he'll go this year. Uh, what was it – Looking outside in, when you got in there and you got knee-deep into the actual business side of it and the, and the politics side of it and just being able to hold your spot side of it, what, were you shocked what you found out your first or second year in the NBA? You know what? It, it, it's a definitely a big shock for you. And the NBA, the acronym that they give it when you're in there, it says no boys allowed. <laughs> That's so right. The first, the first time that you get in and you're on the floor, You'll notice that. And I wouldn't even say on the game. I, you'll notice it in practice. And uh, everybody, the thing about it is, it's, it's just not a bunch of good guys. It's the best guys that they had at whatever school that they were at. So you're not out there with a bunch of guys, you know, that are, you know, average or whatever. You're out there with a bunch of guys that were the best or the man on their team at the time. So it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. So what you have to do is you kind of have to find a niche. you got to find out what you're really good at and then do really well at that and continue to do that and be consistent with that. And you'll have a long career um, if you find that out early in your career in the NBA. What do you see in smart? And, again, you're not a player personnel guy. You don't do drafting. You just you play the game. But you, you've seen Smart play in the college level, and he's uh, mm-hmm. he certainly has dominated, I think that would be fair Absolutely. to say, most of the opponents yep. he's, he's taken on. What do you see him taking into the NBA that certainly will help him, and what does he need to work on? To me, Smart, he, he reminds me of a lot of Derrick Rose out there. He's a floor general. He sees the floor very well. He, he's, he's smart with the ball. And a lot of point guards, there's very few in the NBA right now that are, are his size and that can make great decisions with the ball. He's an unselfish player. He can score when he needs to. And he has a great size on him that allows him to do pretty much anything he wants out there. But the closest player that he reminds me of is Derrick Rose. He's athletic. He can jump. He can run. He can shoot the ball. He can pass the ball. He pretty much has the whole package. The thing that he's going to have to do is learn how to be smart on and off the court and put all those things together. You're under a tremendous microscope. I don't care whether you're playing in Toronto or New York or wherever it is in the NBA. Uh, you have fans who idolize you to some extent. You have fans who don't like you when you have a, a, a night when you don't score a lot. But the fact is, it's hard to have in any profession, in any professional uh, team, it's hard to have that uh, private life. But you've got to learn that part of it as well, don't you? Oh, yeah, you do. You you. You got to find a balance in between. You know, there's there's a time and place for everything, and being an NBA is a blessing in itself. But you got to learn at some point to separate, you know, the business of it to your free time because you're going to have a lot of it. But once you do that, you can start to create more time to work on your craft. And a lot of guys that go into the NBA, they kind of lose sight of that because when you come from a college institution where you're practicing all day and everything is just about basketball, and then you go into a situation where you have a lot more free time on your on your side, you've got to learn how to continue to work on the things that you need to develop. And that's what separates the great players from the good players in the NBA. Give me an idea what it was like to play, uh, you know, uh, 
north of the border. Uh, I've, I've been to Toronto a number of times uh, for different yeah. things, but my that was all for hockey business, not not necessarily basketball. Oh, yeah. But how did they take to? Because we had uh, uh, just to kind of catch you up, we had uh, John Farrell on yesterday, who's the manager of the Boston Red Sox. But John spent a lot of time as the manager of the Toronto team uh, mm-hmm. up there, and so he understands. But it's a different culture, different approach, or is it is it too much? Am I making too much of it? No, you know, it's it's real. I want to say Americanized, but I mean there are they are North America. And the first thing that I thought when I was up there is it's it's freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a Floridian, and you know you you can come into Oklahoma and you got you know mild weather here, then it'll snow and then it'll be warm again, and then you're going to a place where it's extremely cold, and you have the wind chill which is negative. So it was it was a it was a shock for me just going in there into those climates. But Toronto, it, it was a great city for me. I wouldn't have rather been in any other city for my rookie year. And I learned a lot. I had a lot of good bets that uh, brought me up um, and and taught me the game of basketball and taught me the business of basketball. So um, I was very fortunate to end up where I did. You didn't exactly go to any other uh, warmer climates. I mean, with Denver and Cleveland, that's not exactly <laughs> a balmy climate at all. Yeah, well, being there for four years, I kind of got my my skin got a little bit thicker, so I was <laughs> I was ready for the climate in in Denver. I just wasn't ready for the altitude <laughs> up there. Um, and Cleveland wasn't any better. That, that snow belt over there is just extreme. Uh, Jordan, I don't know if you're you're listening. Surely you're listening. Uh, you have a question? Yeah, Joey. Uh, you know, I remember being in practice with you guys as a manager. And how physical yeah. it was, and I remember you giving me a black eye because during the obvious, we did have the shoulder pads out. Sorry about that. Right. Yeah, it happens. It's kind of a claim to fame now for me. But Joey, the thing that I want to get to is one of the monumental moments in that year that you guys made the Final Four run was when Sean Sutton, y'all come to practice, had the shoulder pads and the helmets laid out. Oh yeah. Do you ever? Do you ever tell us about that? And do you ever think when you're in a hard practice that it can't get any worse than that? Absolutely, and that's one of the stories that I tell when I was in the NBA. A lot of guys like to reminisce about their college career, who was better and who did this and who did what. And I I just shut everybody's stories down when I tell them that story. And they actually remember when we had that special on ESPN about that. And they kind of asked me, you know, how was that? And, you know, what did you guys have to go through and why did you do that? And I go around and tell them the story of how we lost to BYU and, while we had to go through the hell, but the helmets and the shoulder pads, but it was a learning experience. It was a growing experience, but it's a story that I'll never forget, and it's a story that I can tell my kids, and uh, everybody else can tell. But um, hey, it who, was tough. Who on that, yeah, who on that Final Four team, Joey, did not take that practice the best? Was it John because of how small he was? <laughs> I don't think anybody took that practice well. Uh, we, we we all thought it was a joke. Because when we left BYU... It wasn't left, a joke that BYU, you, you know, guys got pounded on the boards. No, no, it wasn't a joke at all. Coach said when we got back that we were going to practice. But it, got, it was so late when we got back that he was just, you know, he said, you guys think it's a joke and it's a game. But I'm serious. You guys need to go fit it for shoulder pads and helmets before <laughs> practice. And we back then we had to sign in. We had to go see the coaches every day in the mornings. And on the note where we had to sign in, it says, go get fitted before practice. So we're like, okay, this is a joke. We're all in the locker room waiting around to wait for practice. Coach comes in there. He's like, what are you guys doing? 
He was like, go get fitted. We were like, oh, Coach, we thought you were joking. He was like, no, I'm serious. So we all waited, went in there, got our helmets and shoulder pads, came out. The first thing we did was we ran 17s. And I was <laughs> a lot of guys don't know when you put shoulder pads on, you can't tie them really tight because you can't breathe. So everybody, t- everybody tied the shoulder pads really tight and their helmets really tight. And we were out there just sucking wind because we couldn't breathe because everybody tied the, the shoulder pads on too tight. So it was, it was a mess. It was, it was extreme. We didn't have to do that anymore, though. I think the message was got across <laughs> right there. And, and I, I think that's the lost, the lost art, TD. A lot of guys need some of that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they could put up with it, though. I mean, some yeah. of these guys would check in their uniform and go crying to somebody and say, yeah. "Coach is being mean to me." But you know, I re- I remember that now. game. We had a horrible game on the boards. That's how oh, yeah. BYU beat us up there because I think that what they are about like thirty rebounds or something. It was close to that, and half of those were offensive yeah. rebounds. And absolutely. Yes, and I knew. Now I didn't know the the uh, shoulder pads were coming out because Coach did that over in Arkansas, I think, as well at one yeah. time. So he had a little history with that particular. Uh, <laughs> that particular practice method, but I don't know that this group ever had to be aware of rebounding anymore. We didn't get beat by twenty five. Oh uh, yeah, we. I don't think we lost too many rebounding wars after that. You know, as we get ready to wrap it up with uh, Joey Graham, and Joey's going to be here this weekend. Look forward to seeing him and uh, some of the other guys back from that two thousand four team. And we're talking about, as we said, the Grams and Lucas and and Bobic, and hopefully some of these guys will be back. Tony, I think, has got probably other duties somewhere. Surely he's Tony playing. Will be there, Tom. What's that? Tony will be there. He tweeted it out yesterday. Well, that's good. Well, that's good for him. And, you know, we'll see some of the others, like we said, maybe Crawford and Miller and Janava Weatherspoon, guys who had a lot to do with that team. But let's just look the positive side. What's the rehab uh, for you? What are the doctors saying? And, and where do you think? Now, what do you do after that? Do you, you Your agent kind of shops you around a little bit? How do you get back on? Yeah, pretty much as a free agent, you just uh, look for whatever team um, needs whatever position that they can get at the time. And, uh my time frame is pretty much sooner, maybe another month or so. I'm just trying to get the confidence back in it to do the aggressive uh, movements that I usually do and the jumping and all the athletic things that I can, I, I'm, I'm known for doing. So when I get comfortable doing that, I'll be ready to go back out there. You can still score the ball, I can tell you that. Oh, I, absolutely. I forget what you <laughs> <laughs> You know what? And you never lack for confidence either. I mean, you never said, no, I, I can't score. I, in all the interviews, I know. In all the interviews we did, I can say that uh, you never were one who just step back and say, well, I don't, you know, that's not me. You know, if it's scoring a ball, that would be you. But I remember, I, f- I forget what game, what year it was at Toronto, but you, you knocked the, you were in the 30s and maybe pushing 40, as I recall, one game. And I'm thinking, they ran the highlights. I said, this just this is exactly how Graham scored the ball here at Oklahoma State. Free throws, little mid-range shots, occasionally knock into three, putbacks. That's what you were about. Yeah, yeah. You got to get the little things. The little things all add up and they count. I remember playing in a playoff game when I was in Denver. Coach put me in uh, one quarter and I had 21 points in a quarter. And they were like, well, where was that? I'm like, well, coach, just leave me out there and I get the job done for you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, never shying on, on your advice Not either. <laughs> hey, Joey, I appreciate your time, buddy. Hopefully that knee won't hurt you on the way up. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the guys on Saturday. Safe travels, Anytime. and we'll see you in a couple of days. Anytime, guys. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right, that's Joey Graham.